0: Hello, I'm Laura Furiosi, divorced mother of three, and I'm here with my mother, Lynette Galvin, with 35 years experience in family law. You're listening to the Divorce Course Podcast. Through our candid discussions, we hope to help you through your divorce or de facto separation. We will be answering the most commonly asked questions and covering the stages and steps that you will face on your way to freedom and welcome to The Divorce Course with Laura and Lynn. Hi, Mum. How are you? I'm well, thank you, Laura. How are you? I'm not too bad. This is the first time we've done a recording together in a long time. It's
1: quite weird. I (laughs) I keep wanting to look at the screen and see you.
0: (laughs) I know. It's great. And today we're going to be doing a a topic that has actually been requested by one of the listeners, which is fantastic, Um, which means people are listening, which (laughs) means we're helping people. Thanks, Mum. Hello, listeners. Um, It's called, we're going to focus on parenting orders today, Mm. what they how to create them yourself, um, how to get it into the courts, and basically just summarising and getting a really good look into parenting orders for people out there because we've covered, you know, what happens when you leave and um, how to look after your property and all that kind of stuff. But we, we really haven't been touching on the kids' side of things. No. And neither. I think it's important that
1: we do. Mm, it's yep. very important. And Children's Matters raise their head like it's a, it's a very – urgent issue when you just separate you can always sort of wait a month to work out who's going to pay what bills or you know and you and no one knows for sure who's staying in the house or things like that but kids need to be put in a position where they're seeing both parents if that's the right thing for them as soon as possible Mm. to keep things smooth for them because don't forget they'll be mourning and missing their other parent yeah and and uh, a good solid arrangement for them is is what will be best for them in the long run
0: and let's face it it's a transition time between mummy. and daddy together and mummy and daddy not together or you know mummy and mummy or daddy and daddy but so so yes. it's a it's a transition time and I think once the children have a really good understanding of what's happening, it's less hard
1: for them to cope because oh. at least they know what to expect yeah and I, kids like certainty they do they absolutely do and the orders or the arrangements sorry that you might make just after separation are probably going to be different to the long-term ones. Uh, Just after separation, parents um, reach agreements where the children uh, might spend short amounts of time with each parent just to get them used to the idea that mummy and daddy aren't going to be together. Uh, One parent might not have a suitable home yet. So those visits might be in a park or back at the old house or who knows? So
0: basically to begin with, when you first separate, once you've decided who's living where and what's happening, once mm. you're no longer in the same space, you need to decide what's best for the children and, yes. um, Does each person have a a suitable place for them to stay in the short term? And if they don't, what you need to do, how can you accommodate so the children can still see
1: their respective parent? Is that correct? That's exactly right. So you keep them front and centre and and it's really hard, Laura, because you're going through your grieving as well that a a relationship is over. Um, So, um, yeah, it's hard. And the kids are seeing both parents distressed. Um, So the quicker we can sort of set a normal um, pattern for the children the better they keep going to their same school and just try don't drop off any of their normal activities if you can possibly help it
0: okay so try and keep everything the same yes. and just make sure that they're getting time with both parents yes to start with um and then until you've got your full proper let's this is how we're going to run things going forward yes so so do you need to have that written down just the immediate
1: decisions on children or is it just? No, I think that adds pressure to people. I think probably 90% of people just uh, reach some sort of accommodation of each other to have the kids going backwards and forwards for the first few weeks at least. Mm. Um, Of course, if there's DV um, that might be a different story. If it's not safe for the children to go back to see their mum or their dad, then you would be wanting to have telephone time and FaceTime and whatever you can do to um, keep those relationships going. So you know your situation. And bear in mind a lot of people don't see the lawyers in these early stages. Mm. It's the, it, it, as we talked about earlier, you know, whether you've got um, a partner who's avoidant or narcissistic or whatever, that's all not really relevant if you've left... Um, once you've left, the shock hits you, no matter who you're leaving or separating from. um, And you haven't usually engaged lawyers to start your negotiations at that stage anyway.
0: Basically, you've gone through the first couple of months, you've settled settled into your separate spaces, you've been juggling the kids, moving them around, etc. But you really need to start, you realise there's starting to be some bumps in the road, you need yes. to kind of get something written down or sort something out. So what are the what are the options people can do? Okay. After the immediate.
1: Yes, after those early stages. Yes. Well, of course, if your communication is good, Uh, you can just sit down with your partner or text or email your partner and say, okay, um, look, going forward, how about we work out an arrangement that fits in with the kids' schools, our jobs, um, you know, to make sure little Johnny can get to his flower arranging classes and the girls can get to swimming and, and, you know, nut something out like that. I suspect that probably eight out of ten separated couples are doing that and they never come to a lawyer and they never go to court.
0: So that's like an amicable divorce where everyone's
1: pretty cool and they're just like, okay, let's move on with this and do Uh, the best interest of the children. Best interest of the children and, and where they're on common ground. Now, the only problem with that is if both parties aren't exactly negotiating from an equal position. Sometimes you have cases that can drag on for years where one person is pretty well calling the shots and the other person is just for falling into line and occasionally if <clears throat> if they upset the dominant person, excuse me, <clears throat> they might not get the kids for that week. So when that happens, um, you need to start looking at putting something in writing.
0: So if someone's withholding the children from you because you're not doing what they want to do, mm-hmm. that's not a good sign? Yes. Yeah. No, it's not.
1: Or even threatening to, yeah. you know. Yeah. If you don't insert whatever here, yeah. then I'm not sending the kids on Saturday or, you know, if you don't pay more maintenance, you can't have the kids. I do see that a lot. Okay. And so it, at things like that, it's very disruptive for the children as well if they don't know when for sure they're going to see their other parent. Yeah. So you need, um, if you're amicable and you want to put something in writing, <clears throat> then a parenting plan is a good way to go. Yeah. Uh, and that's just where you write out uh when the kids are going to be at different places, who's responsible for the children when they're in their care. Um, you might even put something in about whether you want them to continue certain sports it, it, there's really no end of things you can put in. So
0: you can sit down really with your ex-partner and, and write a word document really and Absolutely. just say you're going to have them on these days, you're going to have them this time of the holiday. Mm-hmm. This is how you're going to communicate with them. Yep. Um and just basically put down everything that you're
1: doing already. Yep. And really. and if if Tiana gets sick, um I dad agrees he'll send it back to mum or yep. or mum if mum's got to go to work. On an extra day or two, a dad's available, they'll swap back. So there's a lot you can put into a parenting plan. Uh, the difference between that and a court order um, or a consent order even um, is significant, though, and, and that is that you can't enforce a parenting plan. There's no contravention. So
0: I've heard that you can do parenting plans with... Um, Business uh, people like—is uh, it Relationships Australia do parenting plans for free, or they charge you a small amount based on how they much do. you earn? Yeah. And I think that's a really good way because sometimes you might not think of something that you might need to put in your parenting plan, and then it's going to come along in two years' time, and you're going to go, "Oh, we didn't plan for this," and that could cause a problem because you could have a discussion or an argument about it. So, yes. if you do have the time and you want to do it well mm. and once, yes, or so do it once, do it well. Yeah. Um, You could go to Relationships Australia or you can have a look at the notes that we're going to be putting mm -hmm. up in our show notes to make sure you cover all of these options or what else?
1: Well, the Attorney-General's Department also has a list of of accredited family dispute resolution providers. Um, (coughs) Pardon me. (coughs) Pardon me. Um, family dispute resolution providers and they 're qualified to uh, mediate between parties for parenting matters uh, and about the children that works if children are uh, if the parents are in absolute battle sometimes that will work even even if they they can 't agree on anything much uh, somehow the mediation can draw them to an agreement um, <clears throat> There's uh, also free, there's a, a family relationship centre run by the government. I know there's one in Strathpine. I don't know how many there are in Australia. Uh, there's one in Ipswich uh, where you would go um, a series of sessions to nut out your children's matters. And to some extent, uh, you're right, it's hard to remember what to put into the orders. And also because, uh, well, my job as a lawyer, I draft orders every day, and the, my biggest phrase, which I probably should have up on the wall is, what if, so as you write your orders, you go, oh, um, I'm going to have the kids every second, you know, say, like, I'm going to have the kids the first three weeks of the school holidays. <clears throat> but then you might think, oh, what if that's the weekend my auntie's coming over, from, the week my auntie comes over from England. And you might say, except if you know, aren't barrels coming, then the parties agree to swap. So you've got to test it all. Oh, what if that's not a school day? What if we're changing over on Mondays and it's a pupil-free day and you've arranged to pick them up at school? What if that happens? Okay, we better put this order in. So you say, but if it's a pupil-free day, we'll collect from whatever yes so
0: so what if is good to be using in your parenting orders or what if you do actually do the proper lawyer yes. consent orders etc the what if is a good idea and and maybe even a good idea to sit down with what you've written with a friend yes. or an auntie or a grandma someone who knows the kids lives as well and go okay what do you think of these things and i go oh don't forget sometimes little johnny This happens and he has to go somewhere. Like, what are you going to do then? So get get some other people's inputs because I can understand when you're going through this. There's so much to think about. You you are going to miss stuff.
1: Yes. You are going to miss stuff. And, and in drafting in general, writing documents in general, I always say to all my lawyers, just because you know, or and I include me, but just because I know what I'm trying to say doesn't mean that the document says it. Yes. <laughs> so it's good to run it by someone else. And <clears throat> parenting orders should be done in a very plain and parenting plans—very plain language, no mucking around, no no fancy floral, just legalis. simple simple sentences. Yep. yep. And you, it starts off sometimes like this: We agree that we will have equal parental responsibility or equal shared parental responsibility for Jimmy and Violet. Yeah. You know, and then we agree that Jimmy and Violet will spend time. Um, will live with mum on these days and we agree that Jimmy and Violet will live on with dad on these days. And then you get into the nitty-gritty of how that happens. Then you've got to think about Christmas, Easter, school holidays. So
0: I've actually got a list here of things that even if you don't do it formally through the courts and you don't go and do it with a mediator but you are writing it yourself with your Mm. ex-partner, these are the things you need to consider. I've got living arrangements, so who lives with who um, and when, uh, special occasions. What happens on special occasions? So, for example, you might have little Johnny at your house for the week, but it's his birthday. So, what, ha, what's the special? What do you do in that case? Do you, little Johnny gets to spend half of the day of his
1: birthday with dad or mum? Or what are you going to do in those special times? And, and my what if for that is what if little Johnny's birthday's on a school day? Okay. And so you have to add that in. Okay. But if it's on a school day, then
0: yeah. So yeah. thinking about your special occasions, your living arrangements. Change over place, where yes. are you going to do change over? If it's amicable and and you're okay with it being at your house, then do that. A lot of people I know just do it at school. If the kid's are school age, mm-hmm. swapping over at school makes things a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Um, so thinking about
1: the locations. But the what if with that, Laura, is what if you move? What if they move? Mm. So you need to put some things in place um, to cover those those contingencies. I don't think any order can ever cover absolutely everything. Yeah. So most orders or agreements will state is we agree that Johnny and Violet will spend time with the mother and father at all times as agreed between okay. them, but to include at least the following. And so my my aim and my hope for everyone in family law matters with parenting orders or parenting plans is that after a year or so nobody looks at them anymore the flow between the households is so smooth the kids know exactly that they can ring mum from dad's place ring dad from mum's place and they can just flow between the households and the kids aren't the at school they won't be the only kids in this situation mm. So it seems to me they just want that consistency. But why it's important to cover all the what-ifs, you might think, well, why don't we just deal with that when we come come to it? I say, what if you're not still amicable?
0: Yeah, what if someone gets a new girlfriend and she doesn't like you or if he gets a new partner and you're angry or all the sorts of things that can happen?
1: Or you start property settlement and, and there's problems or someone tells a fib to the other side. So while you're friendly... Um, lock it in.
0: Yes. So the other things you need to cover are communication. So, mm. how do, it, when and how the children call you when they're not with you, and when they call the other partner when they're not with them, etc. And also how you communicate with your partner. I know if you are in a, a relationship where there's been manipulation or high controlling Mm. like DV kind of situation Mm. Uh, there are um, platforms out there called Our Children Mm. and there's a couple of other I know of as well that where you communicate about the kids on that platform and it doesn't allow abuse or anything not nice to be sent to you so it, it can protect you from that side of things while you're still communicating with your kids.
1: So that's a good mm. thing. Oh, it is good. And, and of course, you can't delete things from there either. Yes. And so, uh, you know, your your behaviour towards the other party is there for all the world to see mm-hmm. forever. Uh, but it's not just for... Um, I, I'm sorry to correct you, Laura. Yeah. I don't think it's only important for families who've got high conflict or DV. It's also just a, a handy way of keeping the kids' stuff all together. Mm. And then if you are in a new relationship or if you're out having a good time, you're not going to be interrupted by a text message from your ex or a phone call from your your Um, ex-partner. It's all in one place and you set aside a time to look at it. um, If things aren't too... um, stressy between you both you might only look at it every few days or yep. once once a week or and it keeps all the kids day. stuff
0: together i mean there's a calendar so you can yep. put all the things in the calendar so that no one's going to miss out you also get given an email address mm. that you can then provide to the school to the doctors etc and so all the communication about children is sent to the joint email address that both of you have access to so you don't have to be worrying about sending and forwarding information or missing out on anything yep. And that's actually really good. So the communication side is something that you need to definitely have in your orders to make sure this is how we're going to communicate. It doesn't have to be by that. But make sure that you will let things like if they're sick, you know, mm-hmm. do you want to be told yeah. that they're sick? Do you not want to be told? Like, yeah.
1: Um, yeah. When when we're also talking about communication with the children and their and their other parent, uh, this is a classic example of why you have to have the what-ifs in your mind. At the moment, uh Children can, or a lot of children have their own iPads or a phone. So I suspect text messages and things going back between the children and their parents happen all the time, which is great for the children, helps them feel connected. Uh, sometimes they are connected through games. Uh, as well, um, Pokemon Go or Roblox, Roblox is it? And, you know, worked. and think of all the ones that we don't even imagine what they'll be in mm. five years that we haven't even thought of. So um, those are all options. If you want to perhaps limit those or if you want to encourage those, then you might want to consider putting those in the orders. Uh, some parents struggle to agree at an, uh, on an age at which a child would have their own device. Or their own phone. Mm. Uh, so those are things that might be handy to discuss as well. Those can go in a parenting plan. Uh, they could go in a consent order where you write your orders out yourself. But don't, um, if it went to court and there was a big battle about it, don't expect the judge to, to care about that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's the beauty well, that's, of doing your own. That's
0: right. You yeah. can put this kind of stuff in because the judge isn't going to care about the little things, mm. but it's going to make smooth sailing for the rest of your joint co-parenting lives mm. if it's all agreed on at the beginning. Also I've got in here interstate and international travel. What's
1: what what's the deal? What should people be looking at for that for parenting? Mm, okay, so um, of course the big what if at the moment. Well, you can't the... go anywhere. <laughs> you can't go anywhere so, anyway. But... So so we we're, we're recording this during the COVID-19 uh, time and there is no international travel from Australia but at some point the border, the our border national borders will open. So you need to talk to each other and and reach an agreement about the international travel. Years ago, we didn't put that in the daily orders because not very many people went overseas, we didn't bother with it. But now more and more families can afford to take children over to Disneyland or to Fiji or whatever. Um, so it's a good thing to look at in the orders. Uh, if you So you might say that you each agree um, that once a year you can take the children overseas, but you have to give the other person 30 days notice, a full itinerary, something like that. And we would um, usually say, uh, in the When I'm advising, we would say, and they're not to be taken to a non-Hague Convention country. Okay, what's that? Okay, so Hague Convention is an, an agreement that a lot of countries have, re, have, have made between themselves to stop people nicking children, basically, and taking them to another country and then applying to the courts in another country right. for custody. Okay. So these c- countries all got together and said... Uh, if that happens, we will make sure that the children are sent back to the country of their usual residence for those courts to deal with. And and so you know, one the United Kingdom said, "I'll do it. I'll send them back to Australia." And Australia says, "Good, we'll send." any UK kids back to you. And so everyone in this agreement, I think there's 45, 46 countries, but importantly, there are a lot of countries that are not in that convention. And they're the countries you don't want your That's kids right. to be taken to? If there's That's issues. right. Yeah. If they're, you know, under the Hague Convention, the actual countries pay for the lawyers. The central authority in each country uh, does the service for you for free and that's gets fantastic. the children back to your country. Yes, that's it right. saves a lot of grief. So so that's one aspect. And the other thing that we used to put in is not to travel to a country where the uh, the government smart traveller uh, uh, warning level is yes. l- is greater than, you know, okay, exercise normal caution. So yeah. you wouldn't want them going to the borders of some country that's in the middle of a war, yeah. for instance. Yeah.
0: So, okay. Yeah. All right. So that that's something you'd want to put out into your your orders and agreements. What about interstate? Is that is that some sort of thing? Is, uh, it, just, is know, it just good manners to tell you it, be, it is your really parent that you're taking somewhere else? Yes.
1: Well. Well, it's a bit silly if someone lives in the Gold Coast and they have to notify if they're going interstate and and they can be interstate in half an hour. Um, You know, where it's a big problem is where people from the East Coast take children to Perth, the West Coast. That's a a big flight. It is a big flight. So I usually put it in. Yeah. um, And then, um, but with sort of qualifications so that you're not caught up like if if we're in stanford we go to tenterfield we've taken them into state yes sort of, that's, yeah. true.
0: that's
1: true so just common sense on that one it's, it is good manners um everywhere in australia though the family law act is the same and okay. recovery of the children and finding the children would be the same whether they're in long reach or lithgow okay don't
0: know where either of those are but that's a great <laughs> one. okay so medical care medical care you need to put that in
1: yes it's a good idea uh to keep, especially if the kids are going between the homes regularly, they need to know if one of the kids has been on antibiotics and they need to know. So you need to inform the other side about those things. That's where one of those platforms comes yeah. in. Or a quick text message saying, look, just letting you know, um, Violet's got a bit of a, a, a chest infection and yeah. she's been on this medication. I'm sending the bottle with her. Can you make sure she keeps having it and um, take her back to doctor such and such if she doesn't get any better? When
0: I used to be a teacher, mm. I used, when I had kids that were having a bit of issues at at school, we started a communication book where we'd write Little Johnny was okay today. He did really well in this and blah 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 and I would send the book home with the child to mm. the to the parent and the parent could then write how Johnny was going and it was like a communication. Yes. But I guess it's kind of the same, you know, like oh um Shirley's got a little bit of a runny nose. Yes. Can you just keep an eye on it? Yeah. It's good, you know, because from from a medical point of view when you're a parent, you might slowly notice a gradual weirdness of a, some sort of medical issue, but when you've only got them half the time, it might take Take you longer to notice it. So, but if you mm. both join together and share mm. your observations about what's going on with them, it's better yeah. for the child in general,
1: really. Yes, yeah, so you, you can note things like such and such has re- regressed a bit with toilet training, and the the other party might say, so, "You know, I've noticed that as well." Yeah. Why don't we both take her to a paediatrician paediat- yeah. and find out? So, oh, well, that would be wonderful if parents could be like that. Oh
0: yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so and that's the communication mm. about children. Yeah, basically.
1: But also apart from the slow things michelle uh, laura sorry wrong child Mm -hmm. start from the slow things laura um you know kids are kids someone's going to fall over hurt themselves bump their head or whatever and need stitches um usually in some time in a child's life that will happen now you need to let the other parent know as soon as as possible When that happens, look, I'm up at the hospital, Uh, Donnie fell off the trampoline, his leg seems to be okay but I think he might have, you know, sprained his ankle. And then the other party knows and can come up so the child has both parents and any decisions that can be made need to be made together. So I usually put medical care in two separate categories. So the medical care, when a child is in your care, all the normal little things like a scrape or, or needing... I don't know. Panadult. um That becomes in your domain. I think you need to tell the other parent if it's going to be something that will impact on the child in their house. Um, but when it comes to major stuff, then you really do have to communicate that.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then it comes down to education. Well, so the mm. education side of things, does that need to go in a parenting order?
1: Well, or parenting... that's the most important things to kids. Okay. you know? I think it's more important to them than almost anything as they get older. Yeah. Uh, so... And it's important not to fight over it. And there are many applications to the court fighting over um, a private school or a state school or different private schools or home school versus something or other. And the poor kids are left in limbo. And I even had a case two years ago. Where both parents had enrolled the children at two separate institutions, two separate schools, and the kids were going to one school one week oh and gosh. another school the other week. Oh, that's horrible! How and that was so um, hard on the children, and so yeah, that was disturbing. Allowed. It, I'm sure it's not.
0: So, if if you both can't agree on what school or kindy or high school or daycare your child goes to. If you do put it in yep. while, you, while you're agreeing, yes, you amicable, especially and like the future high school, definitely put high school in so yep. you don't argue about that in the future. Mm-hmm. But what about if you can't agree and you're both fighting over it and you both won't budge? What do you, you do?
1: You, you've got to go to a mediator first. Okay. Uh, judges um, have been asked in the past to choose between schools and they've said very clearly that's not our job. What we will do, if you two can't sort yourselves out, we will give one of you sole parental responsibility and you can choose then. You can make your choices then. So the judge won't choose
0: the school, but the judge might say, if you guys can't sort your stuff out for the sake of the kid, I'm going to make you in charge of making all the decisions. That is pretty scary because I'd hate to have that taken off a parent. Every parent would want to be able to make decisions about their child's life. So you want to
1: probably come to an agreement, yeah? Because the person he gives the sole parent or she gives sole parental responsibility to might not be you, yeah? Might be the other person, isn't it? And but think about it from the child's point of view. Do you know kids? Kids need that certainty. And, you know, with high schools particularly, they're getting orientation days at high school. Oh, two years before yes. sometimes. And, you know, they have all these mm. little meet
0: and greets
1: and all sorts of stuff way in advance. And amongst their cohort, the yeah. conversation amongst all their peers is, well, where are you going? Oh, I'm going to this school. Oh, hooray, I'm going to that yes. school too. Or where are you going? I'm that one. So they begin actually to form separate friendship groups in year seven as they or, or year, year six, six. now yep. as they progress and to the high school. And the
0: same with kindy, they talk about what primary school they're going to. In fact, at kindy I know they go and do little visits to the primary Mm. schools and I know at my daughter's kindies they had little books, little folders of each school so they could look at what the school looks like, where they put their bag, what the water taps look like, where the toilets are. And if the kids don't know what school they're going to, they're going to miss out on that little build-up. That's
1: That's, They'll miss out on the build-up, they miss out on the friendships and they will feel awful. Okay. And we don't want your kids to feel awful. So if you're amicable at the
0: moment don't think it's gonna be amicable forever hopefully it is but if it's not get the high school the kindy the daycare the
1: primary school all locked down Mm -hmm. in your agreement and you know if 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 that happened to me um and my kids were in the middle of a tug of war between schools i'd give in yeah because that's the right thing to do for the child yeah the the schools presumably are all reasonable schools. Other people have chosen them. Uh, there's nothing.
0: Would you give in if like two of the kids were going to one school already and they didn't want the other
1: kid to go? No, I wouldn't yeah. give in on that. I yeah. think you've got to keep, I think we underestimate how much support kids give each other in a family group, yeah. and and we mustn't start splitting the Don't kids split up. Don't split kids up. Yeah. Okay.
0: Wow. Okay. So uh, the next thing, the parental responsibility and we were talking about that how Mm. the judge if you don't sort your stuff out the judge might just say well look i'm going to give all the parental responsibility to one of you so there's no arguments anymore so in your orders what kind of things do you
1: have to put about parental responsibility okay so this is a new concept um well reasonably new uh Um, in terms of the court making orders. So if you, when you're together, right, each of you has the power to make all of the decisions relating to your child in the absence of the other, you know. Um, When the court looks at it, they, they say, okay, We need to make sure that the parties don't override the other parent. Um, So we need to make sure they work together. And one of the ways the court does that is, if it's in the child's best interest, um, is saying, look, you have equal shared parental responsibility, not joint not joint where each of you has full decision making, but equal shared parental responsibility, which requires you then to consult on issues about the children and not go doing things over the other person's head. And they'll say equal shared parental responsibility for the long-term issues. And they, and then you'll have day-to-day parental responsibility when the children are with you. So you don't have to ring up your ex and say, do you reckon it's okay if Johnny has double dessert tonight because he did really well at maths? That's a choice you can make, yep. you know, or whether he uses a certain sort of toothpaste. But the big decisions you do have to sh- share.
0: Okay, and you'd put that in your Yeah, you'd put that in.
1: And that means, like, big medical decisions to have yep. surgery or not have surgery, uh, perhaps to consider changing the name. Um, it includes uh, whether or not a child can travel overseas. Mm. Uh, just big big things. And that's
0: what I just want to talk about really quickly.
1: Holidays as well should definitely, we've
0: already mentioned that, mm. be, be put in there. So holidays, what what do people usually
1: write in a parenting order for well, holidays? Well, I, I think this, these orders we write because they're convenient, I guess, for lawyers and we don't get a lot of complaints, so they usually work. Yeah. But the, the, the depth of your orders or the uh, uh, detail of your orders depends on the type of person on the other side. Okay. Um, So generally we would say for school holidays that the children, and we've got Violet and Johnny, spend time with mummy, uh, with their mother uh, for the first half of all um, school holidays or all gazetted Queensland school holidays or New South Wales school holidays. Um, And for the first half of those holidays in, say, even years and the second half of the holidays in odd years, Okay. And sometimes people make different arrangements for Christmas. If it's going to be like six or seven weeks holidays and three weeks is too long, yeah, the kids, they might do week about. Yeah. Uh, they might think how they fit Christmas in there as well.
0: So, so you've yeah, just going
1: to figure out what works for you really. Yes, but clarity is everything because, yeah. you know, if you were – booking things up say yeah. you're booking things up with other friends and you're going to take a house up and the your mountains or whatever you need to know when the kids are going to be with you next christmas yeah you know and yeah. these orders then because it says in even numbered years and odd numbered years that can take you into you can the future four
0: years in advance that's for a holiday right overseas
1: yeah. yes yeah. yes
0: that's right okay so so we've quickly listed through living arrangements special occasions changeover communication interstate international medical care communication about the child Education, extra activities, holidays, parental responsibility, and living arrangements. Hmm. Um, how do you set it out? <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, well, in plain language. Okay. And you usually start off with parental responsibility. Now that link we're going to give you in the yes. in the um, in the notes um, from the Attorney General Department has some reasonable uh, draft orders. Okay. Uh, if you're doing it as a parenting plan, it doesn't matter how yeah. you write it out. So you can write a parenting plan That's any way right. you want. Yep, all it has to be is written out in writing and signed. Yep. Uh, by both of you. Doesn't need a witness. Doesn't need to be lodged anywhere. Um, and the only power it has, though, is that either of you goes. If either of you goes to court for different orders the court's going to want to know why you need to change the parenting plan because the parenting plan was put in place when presumably you were both amicable Mm -hmm. and the court will be a bit suspicious that maybe someone's just playing up. They're
0: like, what's changed? Yes, and
1: and is it that you're mad at each other but is this still the best arrangement for the kids? Yes. So if they're going to be for orders for the court though... Uh, you need to, like consent orders, there's a kit on the family law website to fill in the application and then you attach the orders Uh, and it would usually start off with something like um, the parents, like I said, shared responsibility for the care. Um, and, or they might have like one parent's going to have sole parental responsibility for schooling. Now, if it's a consent order, you might be able to do that. Or, or if one of you is very religious and the other one isn't, you might have that one parent is solely responsible for their religious education. Uh, and then put it, uh, then you go where they're going to live yep. so that Johnny and Violet will live with the mother, um, I don't know. Maybe if say it's going to be week about right. Yeah. Yeah. From after school Monday to uh, before school Monday. Yeah. Yep. yep. Um, every second week, and then the the father picks them up after school on Monday to before school the next Monday so that, you know, you have week about now. And that's where your what ifs come in. Yeah. What if it's a public holiday? What if, well, we not, none of us saw COVID coming, but that was a, a yeah. thing that we had to be able to negotiate around. Um, and then you'd say uh, about times, like I think I like a reasonably set time for phone. Yeah. Uh, because a child might love to hear from their parent, but it can be disruptive in your household. So you need to think about, The times that things happen and it might be some families ring every day. Some people prefer to ring every third day, second day. Set out a time, set out a time frame. It doesn't mean that they the kids have to be stuck on the phone for the hour or half an hour window. It just means that's when the call comes in. Some pa- families have a quick ten minute call in the morning,
0: that's and that's fine. good for routine for the kids. You it's know, great. you yep. know, get showered, you know, get ready. Dad's going to call or Touch mum's going to call. With Dad.
1: Yep, that's done and moving on. Yep. Yes, that's yep. right, and they know where they stand with that. Mm. Um, if you need to, you might put in about your communication with the other party as well and your school and so forth, uh, just um, whatever you have. The biggest, I guess the biggest ones are the live with orders yeah. Yeah. and working out changeovers and I guess a little bit of flexibility we find. Oh, don't forget to put, with. they'll spend time with the mother and father at all times as agreed between the parties so that you can do a quick swap over for Mother's Day or Father's Day Mm. and if you need to, put those in the orders as well. Well, yeah, in
0: those special special occasions, could be Mother's Day, Father's Day. If you want to put in your birthday, your father's birthday, um, you could put in grandma's birthday or (laughs) who knows if you want to if you want to make it detailed and with all these special things then do it if if you both agree then that's fine
1: and i loved your idea laura of of reading the orders out to someone or giving them to someone else and saying what do you think of these and just you know because you're not always in a good place when you negotiate these things
0: no and it's a good idea to think it through like Mm. the way you told me to plan building my house imagine you're walking through it (laughs) so walk through the week and imagine okay this is what we've planned out, this is how it will happen, this is what how the kids get their stuff where and here, and what what mm-hmm. you know and uh, and another really good thing for, I've, I think I've picked up from teaching as well as parenting is um, put it on a calendar on the fridge yes. so that the My kids don't say, when am I going to dad's? Mm -hmm. They know because it's on the fridge, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. Um, And reminders, take your saxophone, you know, that kind of stuff. Put it on the fridge and just have a really good routine put into place. So you guys, the parents know what's going on, but to a degree the kids need to know when and where they're going because it gives them something to look forward to, something to, you know, talk to their friends about and, and takes that uncertainty away, which can really make them feel a little bit, you know, imagine being a kid saying, oh, actually, I don't know
1: what I'm doing on the holidays. And, and it gives them confidence that their needs will be met, that even if they're at mum's place, mum will take the saxophone with them to school yeah. and and that their routine, their daily routine is not impacted um, too badly by their parents by the be, living in two separate yeah. houses. Yes,
0: yeah. because that's not really their fault that you're separated. No, is it? and we we <laughs> and really they shouldn't be their lives that get ripped apart. It's you know it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's bad enough. Yeah, It's yeah, bad it's enough. The pe- for parents' them. decision It's the parents' problem, not the kids. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, so once you've set it out, and we'll put the link in there. Um, is there do you for, do you, is there a need to formalise it? So, like you said, you can have your parenting plan. You can do a parenting order. Do you need to put it into court? Well, what happens if you both agree and you you file it in court and say this? So you you download the how-to. How-to, yep. You file it in court and say this is what
1: we both agree to. Yep. What happens then? Well, um, the registrar will have a look at it. A registrar will have a look at it in chambers. Yep. uh, Have a look at the orders and if they um seem to be in the best interests of the children yeah. uh from what they can glean uh they will usually make those orders and the courts aren't about sticking their noses in to parents who are working together kind of, uh, with the with the a uh, uh, focus on the kids mm. so The only time a court might get involved is if they, where they might decline to make the orders is in a case where there's been significant DV and there might be a suggestion that one person's being pressured. In that case, the court might want you to come in to the court and address the judge as to whether or not they will make those orders. But usually uh, those orders are sealed and up on the portal for you to download in a very short time.
0: Then what purpose... Would you need them for? Do you have to give them to anyone or do you just keep them in your save file? When would
1: you need to show or use those orders? Uh, generally, for sc- the schools like to know okay. who's got parental responsibility and where the kids are supposed to be. So can you send it to the school? You can send it to the school. <clears throat> um, the medical, sometimes if they're in the hospital, they might need it to be uh, given to them. Uh, you might need those orders for the purpose of child support. Okay calculating child support and Centrelink payments. Yep. Uh, ultimately, if if one person retains the children when they shouldn't be pursuant to the orders, you'll need those orders to you know, prove so, that they should be with so you. So if,
0: if, say, for example, you've got it in your orders and the kids don't get returned or you can't mm. find them and they don't show up and you're like, where are my children, mm. you can't get a hold of the
1: other parent, how, what would do you hold? Do you take it to the police? What do you no, do? No, you can't take it to the police <clears throat> um, because it's federal again, Commonwealth government orders. Uh, it's really administered by the Australian Federal Police, not the local police. Wow. Um, but even if the police had the power, even if the Queensland Police had the power, uh, they can't act on just the basis of the orders alone. So you need to run to court. Uh, get it filed urgently and ask for a recovery of the children mm-hmm. uh, and then the judge will make the order and issue a warrant to the police, the Queensland Police and well, your local state police and the federal police to find the child and return the child to you. Uh, what would happen
0: to the person once they found the kids if someone had done that to their children? Big trouble,
1: big what? trouble. Well, the judges uh, in Brisbane at least have been jailing people. Wow. So um, it's a serious thing. Don't even think about breaching an order like that yeah uh it's a very serious thing okay and um the right thing to do if you don't want to send the children or if you think there's something wrong is to apply to the court um so you know. if
0: you've got orders and you think there is something going on mm. and you're concerned for the children's safety you need to apply to the court yeah and
1: and, and, and explain it to the court mm-hmm. so that you don't break the order that's right you and if you are breaking the orders you Better damn we'll have a good reasonable excuse. Okay. <laughs> because yeah. What so are some something. reasonable excuses? Uh, well that's a bit of a that's a lawyer's minefield, isn't it? That's so, something that I've heard.
0: Yeah, mum's mum basically has to stick to the court. Uh, yes. Can't, mum can't be advocating, oh, definitely don't follow no. the orders. I get it, I get it. But you know, I guess if if you know for a mm. certain fact that someone is going to be physically harmed yep. or if you know there's going to be a really mm. dangerous life Challenging Mm. situation, I guess you go with your gut and you know that you are going to cop the consequences of the court unless you can prove that it was for the good reasons.
1: Okay, yes. And so some that I've seen over the years where the court has agreed that it was a reasonable excuse is where one parent had been admitted to a mental hospital um, and it was their time to have the children, but they um, I can't remember if they'd just got out or, or weren't out yet. Well, clearly you can't send the children yeah. in that situation. Um, other times it would be if uh, where one fellow was jailed.
0: Okay, that's um, not a good
1: time to send or the Or charged with some sort of um, serious, serious crime. Yeah. Uh, if there have been death threats.
0: Yeah.
1: Threats against people. So the court understands that they're not there all the time. The judge isn't there to make those... Um, decisions on the fly,
0: micro decisions. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well,
1: they're big decisions, well, but yeah, they're but like instant decisions. decisions. That's yeah. right. And so they're relying on the parents to do the right thing, um, to the parents to act protectively. And uh, the way they make sure that people don't abuse that um, is by putting them through. The mill when they go to court as to whether or not it was reasonable to withhold the children on that occasion.
0: Okay. And if later on you decide the court orders aren't working and something needs to change, obviously you try and change it with your ex. And if that doesn't work, go to court Mm. and make an application to the court?
1: Well, yes. So you talk to your partner or your former partner about making some changes. And a lot of people make little tweaks as they go, Oh, we didn't think of this, or Oh, my shift has changed, or, you know, now now sort of violets decide to take up judo and so there's all those little tweaks that parents make in the course of the time uh, so the orders have a little bit of flexibility in those terms uh, but if they're really clearly not working and you've got final court orders uh, then you can only apply back to the court if there's been a significant change okay. in circumstances because the court says that they do not think it's of any benefit to children to com- repeatedly be going back to court. Mm. They've noticed um, people's behaviour changes. When they've got an application, people are more into evidence gathering and fault finding, and the kids pick up on all of that. So, what they're saying is, let's not put the kids through this over and over again. So, if there hasn't been a significant change, then the law, uh, the case of Rice and Asplund, yeah. a 1978 case applies, and the court is not going to change the orders. It has to be serious. So it has to be something big, like perhaps a child uh, becoming 14 and the orders were made when she was six or he was six. Um, It might be uh, something as significant as a a court conviction or that um, one person's taken a fly-in, fly-out position and isn't seeing the children very often, something like that. It has to be big. Okay. Mm
0: -hmm. All right, so... I think, and if you both can't agree and you can't get the orders, can you both go to court and say, this is what I want, this is what he wants, we've been to
1: mediation, we've tried to agree, mm-hmm. here you go, judge. Yep. You choose. You choose. And, and the judge, long as we're not talking about schools, yeah. the judge will go, well, how the heck am I supposed to know? Um, he will... <clears throat> You guys will put your evidence forward to the judge. Uh, there'll probably be subpoenas issued to schools and doctors and things like that. Uh, sometimes there's a family report, and we talked about that process, yep. uh, where a social worker or a psychologist or a psychiatrist talks to the kids and then gives a report to the judge, which helps him because he doesn't know the kids and he doesn't know you. Uh, they're quite powerful documents um, because that person gets to speak to the kids uh, also, um, sometimes they appoint a lawyer for the children if the parties are in very high conflict, uh, and that lawyer can, um, for the children, whilst not particularly taking instructions from the kids, acts for the children's best interests. So they will issue subpoenas and gather evidence and all of that evidence before the judge. He will look at your competing scenarios. And, and, uh, these sort of arguments about children and the future are just really about competing scenario is that it's a positive inquiry yeah. uh, you really don't get anywhere by slugging down the other party um, you really have to say judge look i've got the the ability and the relationship with the children to give them stability i'll do this do this do this and the other person says the same and you know the court the court has to consider equal shared care yeah and they have to and if they and if equal shared care is appropriate um, then they have to consider equal time. And if equal time's not appropriate, then they've got to consider uh, substantial and significant time, which means not just the old every second weekend, it used to be in the early 80s, or even every second weekend and Wednesday in the off week. That's That's not really what a court would be looking at, unless a party hasn't got the ability to have the children say they're working too much. So the court will look at this equal shared parental responsibility, equal time, substantial and significant time. And if that doesn't can't fit, then they'll do an order in the best interests of the children.
0: Okay. So really, it's better for you both to come up with it together because if you, it's always a risk when you walk in the court, and we've said before, you're leaving your children's lives and your lives up to some, a stranger, really. Yep. Someone you don't know so and someone who,
1: who has never clapped eyes on your kids, knows yep. nothing about them.
0: And sometimes if you need to compromise a bit, it's better than being stuck in a room making with some stranger making decisions about your life and your kids' lives for the next 10, yeah, 20 years. Absolutely. So.
1: I think that it, that's, I always say to my clients there's two ways of winning this tug of war over the children yeah. and one is to just let go and, yeah. and let that be because that's not, if the other person has their way in something, sometimes that's not as harmful as the children being exposed to further conflict. That's right. So
0: if you're in a high-conflict Uh, divorce, Mm. that's usually what's going to happen really it's going Mm. to be a big fight over everything Mm. so you need to really consider you know, pick your battles, what do you really think is important and what are you willing to let go Um, if you're an avoidant you're probably going to have to drag them to court to get them to agree to yes, anything. Yes. Um, if you're in an amicable, hopefully you can do it just yep. as we've discussed. Yep. No need for court. Uh, and if you're in a manipulative
1: and controlling, obviously, well, you you may you'll probably end up in court. Yeah. Um, when you when I say give in on things, uh, you can give in on things, but make sure it's still a written order, very clearly scaffolded so yeah. that there's no wiggle room. Yeah. That way you're avoidant. Par- ex partner, your manipulative ex partner, or the high conflict ex partner, yeah. will um, still. Follow, presumably, do the best thing for the children because that's the arrangement. There's rules. Because so make there's sure rules that, if and there's no
0: rules, that's when there's arguments. That's but right. if there's a rule and it's written in black and white and the judge said so, <laughs> then you can't get out of that's it. Right. And that even goes down to dates. Like some people might complain, oh, well, that court order was only um, talking about last year, 2019. Mm. So make sure that the judge, if you say, if it's a highly conflicting mm. one
1: make sure the judge says it's for the next 10 years or whatever so and we're using our, our very powerful what if yes big, what if we don't get to court again before these interim orders sort of run out what mm. if what if we're still fighting and it's christmas next year yeah so just keep and that's the difference ifs. that's
0: the thing there's interim orders and yes. that's when you go to court for the children and it's you haven't had the big trial yet, but they want to just put something in place for the sake of the children. And then there's your
1: final orders, which is after the big trial where you've looked at all the documents and they've spoken to everybody. Is mm-hmm. that right? Yes, that's yeah. right. So when I sort of said rather flippantly that uh, their honours are presented with two lots of documents, with usually with two parents who look. Completely normal and and feasible and capable parents, mm. and the documents set out in glowing terms how wonderful each of the parents is, and sometimes how terrible the other parent is. How how is the judge going to know? Uh, and yet he's called he or she's called upon to make a decision on that day because the kids aren't seeing their parents. Mm. Um, they will make a call. It might not be um, the. The answer that anyone wants or expects, but they will put some orders in place, usually erring on the side of caution, while they um, the evidence is gathered, the family report, the subpoena documents, the the evidence, mm. and and also sometimes if the child uh, child is, uh, independent children's lawyer is appointed, or just put something in place, like you said, until you get up to trial and all of this stuff can be tested and the judge can find out who's who's deluded mm. or who is maybe lying Mm. or, you know, but I don't know that people lie that often in their documents. It's just perception. And their parenting perception, uh, their relationship, is often coloured by their memory of the the marriage or the relationship itself so you know the judge has to sort of get to the bottom of it take the heat out of it i
0: don't think i'd want to be a judge no me <laughs> neither <laughs> so god bless our I, judges I, I, I hope i helped because that was actually um we got an email asking for that to help you know how do we do this and look it's a it's a big doozy of a, a thing but really it's just forethought planning and mm-hmm. prep and keeping it written down and and just i guess Knuckling down and working. And once you've done it once and done it well, you won't have to deal with it, it
1: again. It should be okay. And
0: hopefully none of you will end up in that trial phase because that
1: doesn't sound fun and it sounds expensive. Well, I think only 5% of, of parenting matters end up in a trial. All right. Five out of every 100. Thank- Goodness. <laughs> the rest of them, and this is of the ones that file for, in the court. So I think, I, like I said, I think 80% of people don't have court orders. Yeah. That's That's yeah. what I think. Yeah. And so I think of the 20% who end up, you know, so 100 people bust up, 20 of them uh, end up in the court system. Yeah. And then of those 20, only four of them end up with, is it four? Five. Well, no, 5%, so even less, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. No, you just did a hundred. So five is five, five percent altogether. Yeah, mm. end up in um, in before a judge getting an order. So made. hopefully
0: that won't be you guys.
1: Yeah, hopefully not. Mm. Usually the things sort out as the heat gets out of it. Yeah.
0: Anyway, mum, we have gone way oh dear, over time. Oh dear. So <laughs> thank you so much for helping. Uh, we'll put in the notes, uh, the links for those uh, parenting orders, what you need to know by the Attorney General, and we'll put the Family Court uh, information in as well. Um, you can have a look at that. And if you do have any other things you want us to cover, we'll be continuing on with the flow of procedures. But if you want us to cover anything, just send us a message on our Facebook, yep. um, the Divorce Course Podcast, or Instagram, the Divorce Course Podcast, or you can email us at thedivorcecoursepodcast at gmail.com. That's and your use.
1: questions don't have to be huge and broad. No. We're happy to answer little specific questions. It'll be anonymous, of course. Yeah, we're thinking um, about
0: doing a little q one and, I and I yeah, so, so just answering and your some questions yeah. yeah wonderful all right thanks mum for your <laughs> thanks, time thanks laura if you found this podcast helpful we'd love it if you could rate review and subscribe by doing so you are spreading the word to help someone else just like you lynn would like to remind you that this podcast is general advice only and you should always get legal advice in relation to your particular situation and remember that the australian laws may have changed since recording in 2020